Hello, welcome to Guides to the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her brother, William. And today we are going to be talking about Stonehenge because we talked, uh, we touched on it a little bit last week. And we decided to bring it back for this week. Yes, yeah, Stonehenge, <laughs> where the demons dwell, where the banshees live, and they do live well. <laughs> so I'm the perfect person for you to be telling me about that because I've never seen that, which I know is shocking. Oh, what are you talking about? Stonehenge, where a man's a man and the children dance to the pipes of Pan. <laughs> Oh my God, <laughs> the pipes of Pan. <laughs> but we'll get into more of that later. That's right. Uh, to start things off, uh, we're going to do a little bit of show and tell. Mm-hmm. This is going to be something that you can look at on YouTube.com slash TalkBomb, but we'll also describe it for yes. everybody out there in Radio Land. Uh, a couple weeks ago on the show, Kristen and I were talking about something, mm-hmm. and we got around to to screaming for Ghostess for Just Face. Yes, we're, well... Uh, I actually said it incorrectly. To... I did not mean to do well, that. Well, that's but... because it's right in front of I you. I guess that's true. So that true. makes sense. But we started, we got on topic of Scream. Will and I are both humongous fans of the movie Scream, and we were talking about how it's maligned as kind of like funny, kitschy 90s garbage when it's actually the best movie ever made. Yes. And we got so whipped up, and we were yelling, Justice for Ghostface. I said Ghostess for Justface. And then in the uh, uh, Facebook Guide to the Unknown group, suddenly, mm-hmm. uh, one of our dear listeners, Carolyn, yeah posted this artwork of Ghostface holding a picket sign which says, Ghostess for, for Justface. Just yep. uh, and I instantly knew we, we must needed have to have this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I went over to, uh, to Velvet Hand Design on Etsy, that is Carolyn's store, where she does incredible artwork. Yeah, she does like amazing watercolor art, and most of it is based around horror. So I bet people who listen to the show will be very into it. Yes. I can't tell you how many times I've flipped through it. Same. And I'm just like an aggressive window shopper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so I finally was like, you know what? I just got to jump for it. Yeah. So I contacted Carolyn to get the piece. And then I went, you know you know what? Why don't I uh, see what else you've got Right, well, store. I'm here. And so I picked up some other uh, pieces in here. This mm-hmm. first one is of Delbert or Charles Grady. Yes. However you decide to refer to him from The Shining. Uh, he's got the blood trickling down his face. He's toasting a glass of whiskey, and it says at the top, great potty, isn't it? And it's like an awesome blood red watercolor background that's very textured. It's really awesome. I absolutely love yeah. the deep red background artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, this uh, harkens back to like there were a bunch of pieces that I saw in uh, New Orleans that just had like a deep crimson background that yeah. I wanted but couldn't have or right. get or whatever. Uh, but now we've got this. We're gonna put this in, uh, made it above our like little bar in the dining room. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I also ordered this. This is Sydney Prescott from the movie Scream. She is on the phone when Ghostface is menacing her. Uh-huh. I think that this is when he says, "I'm not Randy." But at the bottom in a ribbon, it says, not in my movie. Yes. Which I really like. It's I sort do of too. a declaration of, yeah. you know, you can't, you know, this is my world. I'm not going to let right. people like take advantage of me for any situation, whatever. So I got this one for Chrissy. Yay. Yep. So I expect I to love see it. this I've, in your abode. Because seriously, I have just scrolled through her shop like a million times. And that's one of the things I've had my eye on. Is so. that true? Is that yes. actually true? Oh, yes, good. of course. Right. And then I picked well. Yeah, so thank you. So I want to see this in your abode. Mm. Nowhere near the commode. Of course not. And Although then, that is a place of honor. <laughs> for you, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this was a surprise. Yeah, that's really nice. She included just to be nice to us. Like, Carol, 
like Carolyn doesn't do enough for us. She's super nice. She's like an active member of the Guides to the Unknown community at large because she's part of the Facebook group and posts in there. And she's also one of our patrons on patreon.com slash GTTU pod. She decided to do us yet another solid yeah. and sent us a uh, painting of ghost face with blood splatters behind him and like a little crown of flowers. I it's love it. so awesome. I absolutely love it. Yeah, so um, Willie's going to keep that one. So there you go. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I knew that I needed to have Ghost is for Just Face. Yeah, I'm thrilled. I knew a good way to get it in my home was to order these other pieces from Velvet Hand Design on Etsy. You can designs. find a, designs. Yeah. You can find a link in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And then, man, Carolyn, thank you so much yeah, for throwing so in this much. bonus fourth. Yes. What are you talking about? So sweet. Thank what you. What is happening? I so, know. uh, yeah, thank you. So cool. Yep. And then uh, our other thing that we have to get to before we jump into Stonehenge, mm-hmm. uh, we've got an announcement. That's right. We've referenced it on previous episodes of the show that Kristen and I are going to be doing a live episode of Guide to the Unknown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we can finally share with all of you out there that tickets are now available. That's right. For our October 27th show at uh, at Pino's. This mm-hmm. is a place in Highland Park, New Jersey at 6 p.m. So check the show notes or uh, look up Guide to the Unknown on eventbrite.com. You can find the uh, the event header Get your tickets, come in, come hang out with us, meet us in real life, and uh, we're trying to put together a really sort of special show uh, uh, that we will hopefully be able to release to people in podcast land. Yeah, absolutely. But we're going to very much be favoring like being in the room with folks. Yes, the live experience of it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so check that out. Tickets are available right now. Link Mm -hmm. in the show notes. Ten bucks. Yeah, ten bucks. Can't beat it. No, and uh, uh, it's going to be a really, really good time. Yeah, uh, so we would love it if you came out. We'd love to meet some of you guys. And we're also going to, if time allows, we're going to kind of see how it goes. We might have a little space in the show to ask audience members if they want to share any like paranormal experiences that they've had or scary stories. So if you're coming, maybe have something in the back of your mind in case you decide you want to share. Definitely no forced audience participation or yeah. anything, but we might offer that space up. So yes. Yeah, it'll be fun. absolutely. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. going to be a really, really good time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I know that this show is international. I know that a lot of people are you uh, out there listening, you know, yeah. around right, the course. globe. From the International Space Station. Of course. You At know, the North and South Poles. Heads of government. Wishing they could make it. Of yeah. every country. Yep. All the cryptids who guard each continent. Yes. If you can't make it to New Jersey, we understand. Of course, of course. Uh, but we're going to be there if you want to be yes, there. Yes, we are, We are of course, beings of light and dark, but we are still bound by the physical plane, so mm-hmm. we will be doing our show we do in our best. Highland Park, New Jersey. At a place called Pino's. It's a wonderful spot in town. Yep. Uh, it's Did we be a say lot the fun. date? October 27th. October 27th, 6 yep. p.m. Mm-hmm. Just before Halloween. Yeah. I wonder if we'll talk about something spooky. Yeah, I can't imagine. Uh, but there you go. Yeah. Uh, so check that out, and yep. uh, we'll have more about that in the future, I assume. Yeah, that's yes. right. But uh, now let's do it. Let's jump into uh, Stonehenge. Right. Stonehenge. Stonehenge. So what did you know about Stonehenge off the bat? I mean, almost nothing. Same. I, I was aware of it from a few like pop culture spots, mm-hmm. which I will get into later in the show, like yep. Halloween 3. Um, there were a few that surprised me. But um, yeah, I just knew that there is maybe some belief that it had something to do with 
I don't know, leprechauns and druids? Right, right. Question totally. mark, question mark? I don't know. Definitely thought about druids connected with Stonehenge, yeah. which is accurate. But I also knew like nothing about it. I think that I had the idea that people thought that it couldn't have been constructed at the time that it was naturally. Right. That it was like supernaturally put together in some way because those stones are too huge to get up that way without modern tools and technology. But besides that, I knew... Basically nothing, which is surprising. Yeah. And also, I'm a Stonehenge poser because in my blacklight room, which I don't know if I've referenced on the show before, I, don't think you I, have. I may have. Um, <laughs> my husband Ryan and I created a sweet blacklight room in our second bedroom in our in our apartment, where we bought a bunch of blacklight posters from like a couple from the 70s and mostly from the 90s on Etsy, and just like have them all around the room and have a blacklight in there and our indoor hammock in there, so we can just like chill. I can't believe that you have a blacklight room. It's, I don't know why you can't believe. I know that. it's perfect <laughs> for the two of you. Yeah, uh, but I it's like just so. Chill. I know you do. It's just so crazy. I know it's just so crazy. It is a crazy thing. We're actually going to a mineral sale on Sunday to try to get some. Um, what is it like phosphorescent minerals mm. to put into our black light room? My minerals, minerals. collection is extensive. Yes. Um, but one of our posters is of Stonehenge. It's of like a, yeah. uh, a lunar eclipse over Stonehenge with a bunch of people like partying underneath it. That's and I'll right. post that on our social media. It's cool looking. You sent it to me earlier today and I actually thought it looked kind of rad. It's awesome. Yeah. I made it the centerpiece of the room. Nice. It's a cool poster. Of course. Um, so <laughs> it's hanging from a string in the center <laughs> of a room, just a piece of paper. Yeah. It'd bonk into it constantly. <laughs> that would not do when I do my yoga in there. Yeah. Um, do you still do yoga? Yeah. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Kristen doing yoga in a black, like a black light <laughs> room surrounded by posters of Stonehenge that glow and stuff is, it's one of the most on brand things. I know. About you. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm pretty peak myself. Yeah. <laughs> in that state. That's great. I don't only do yoga in there. Sometimes I want to do it in the light. Okay. But, you know, I bring my mat back and forth between that and this other weird little nook that I still, I do have a bunch of weird stuff set up in there too. So. I bring my mat back and forth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about doing yoga in your hippie home. Either in the black light room or that weird little nook room where I have my Rosemary's Baby laser disc on the wall. Hell yeah. And like Mark Rogers um, weird supernaturally prints as yeah, well. Yeah, sweet. So feel, feel safe and comfortable. So here is the deal. Um, you can probably picture it just in case you don't know um, or can't call it up by image. You've probably seen it before. It's these like gigantic slabs of stone that are in kind of like a semicircle horseshoe sort of shape. Some of them have tops on them. And um, it's in Britain, which I actually didn't know that until semi-recently. Oh, really? If you had asked me where Stonehenge was, I couldn't have told you. I, there's a chance I would have said something like Scotland. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to be like in a big open plain. Because right. obviously you picture it like uh, surrounded by grass and not much else. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like on the top of a hill. Um, I just couldn't. I, I I looked it up when we got the poster because I was like, I want to know where this is where this is from at least. Right. Um, but besides that, I hadn't even really thought about it before. Yeah. So it's in Britain. Um, part of the reason that it's notorious and famous is that it's extremely extremely old. So we think that building started like five thousand years ago ish, and there have been a couple of um, 
restorations over that time because things started tilting or whatever. So we had to kind of prop it back up. But it's been in that same basic shape since about 5,000 years ago, which is crazy. And even then, it was constructed not all at once, they don't think. They think that it was kind of added on to over the course of about 1,500 years. Whoa. Yeah. 1,500 years? Yes. It's it's really, really insane. So that's as I mean, it's pretty huge because there's like, there's a semicircle, then either within or outside of that, there's kind of more of a, a slightly more narrow like horseshoe shape sort of thing. Right. Um, it's it's pretty extensive. So that's as if 1,500 years ago was the year 500. Mm-hmm. I don't know what existed around that time. Right. But that's as if there was some sort of historical site back then mm-hmm. that we're still like, you know what? Add it on a wing to right. that thing. Yes, you're right. You're <laughs> right? right. That's crazy to think about. It means like if they were building it over the course of 1,500 years, that's yes. however many generations that is. I don't even know. Right, for that to get passed down. And to still just be working on it and be like, I don't even know anybody who's the great, 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 great grandson of somebody who started this, but I'm right. going to work on this now. Right. And it's interesting that a lot of what to do and what it's for had to have been passed down anecdotally if you were to believe that everybody who has worked on it over those 1,500 years knew the deal. Because the generation and or like group of people who worked on Stonehenge initially, there's no written history for that time. There just weren't people who wrote things down. So for them to like get that information across generation, generation, like, okay, you're going to keep working on this thing because X, Y, Z, we have no, even over those 1500 years, no written account of why this is. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's just kind of passed down. It's really crazy. Not even one of them could have just drawn a UFO. I know. Just let us know. It was aliens after all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, over the course of those renovations, there was one in 1901 where when they renovated it, I don't know if this was accidental or deliberate, I'm really not sure, but they ended up slightly moving Stonehenge over in the process. Oh. Um, and that ended up actually being great because they took advantage of that and excavated because then they were able to get underneath what Stonehenge was on top of. And that ended up being very revealing as far as like the time that it was erected and kind of nailing that down a little bit further. And also its purpose because they found bones, like fragment of bones and stuff under there. Um, So Stonehenge itself is actually, and I had no idea about this either. It's actually at the center of a network of other works from the Bronze Age in England, including hundreds of burial mounds. So it kind of supports the idea that Stonehenge has something to do with, if it's not its express original purpose, has something to do with burial and or death. Okay. It may have not been the main attraction, but definitely seems like that is, it's part of a larger thing having to do with that. Um, because as I said, they found lots of bone fragments underneath. So it seems like it was some sort of burial site at some point. Um, So, yeah. Now, like I said, there are no written records about what Stonehenge is about or anything, but people obviously saw it as time went on and started theorizing about, like, what this thing is and what the deal is. So, a couple of the ones that I found most fun, and I don't know if you found this doing your research. You may not have because you did pop culture and that kind of stuff. It was very dry. It was Uh, as dry as the crumbles below Stonehenge. Sure. So I had to kind of excavate okay. through you had some to find things the good stuff. that were not as interesting. So there's obviously more than this, but uh-huh. here are the things that I thought were particularly like fun to talk about on the show. 
Um, in the 12th century, there was a story, or actually there were a couple of stories written by a guy named Geoffrey or Geoffrey of Monmouth. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, both having to do with kind of the origins of the Stonehenge. Um, one of them was that Merlin put the monument together with the help of, help of giants. I saw that. I did see that. Yeah, and that's a pretty popular story that had kind of a few different permutations. It seemed like it kind of kind of got passed down over time yeah i saw i saw like a piece of artwork that depicted a yes. giant helping merlin put a stone on top of some of the pillars <laughs> it's hard to get up there why thank you kind giant yeah no problem <laughs> <laughs> i guess i'll go home now um bye merly <laughs> hey, picks what do you him up in his hand and pats his head <laughs> you're a good wizard squishing down his wizard hat why, because you, of the weight of his giant hand. You clumsy brute, you flattened my wizard's cap. <laughs> Pulling the top of it to straighten it back out and smooth it. You've pulled it smooth. down about my ears. Smoothing around it like smoothing out the icing on a cake. <laughs> yeah. Just like getting that silk nice and right again. Um, another uh, story that he put forth was that the heel stone which is kind of like a well-known stone of Stonehenge. It's kind of on the end of the horseshoe. Okay. And it's where you can look, because they're like the Georgia Guidestones in episode 88. It seems like there are some astronomical reasons that things were built the way they were. So there's this stone where you can see the sun rising and setting behind it. So it's yeah. kind of a well-known one because you can take pictures there and everything. And that's known as the heel stone. And people say, or Geoffrey of Monmouth, said that it got its name when the devil brought the stones to that plane. Whoa. Because something that I'll get into is that people don't understand or has been a mystery how they even got the stones to this area because yeah. they're not native to that specific area. So this folktale explained that by saying that the devil brought the stones to that plane and then a friar talked smack to him about the stones and the devil didn't like that. So he threw the stone at him, oh. which hit him in the heel. So this must have been a gigantic friar if it's only hitting your heel. I can't imagine how a giant stone like that only hits your heel, but whatever. And then the stone stuck in the ground and stayed that way. Isn't that a little too perfect? Is it called? Is yeah, that's why it's called. He was like, I'm going to throw this heel stone at you. He's like, I'm going to throw this stone at you. It hit the friar hit in, in the, the heel, heel, and now this is the heel stone. Well, can you imagine anyone saying, ow, my heel. My heel. Wouldn't you immediately either say foot or ankle? I don't know. I might say heel. Ow, my heel. My, mm, I'd probably say foot. <laughs> right? Isn't it so specific? I don't know. I had a splinter in my heel the other day, and I feel like I was like, oh, I have a splinter in my heel to myself by myself. Okay. All right. I guess. I don't you know. know. It seems I have a splinter on my foot. I feel like a heel is a more specific part of the foot. Well, but a splinter attacks a particular area, and it's a small thing. Sure did. If somebody threw a giant stone I at you. I think it was you, a heel splinter from a bangs. If somebody threw a giant stone at you and it hit you in the heel, what do you think? Ow, you threw a stone at my heel? Or would you, uh, how you hit, uh, threw a stone at my foot, or just me? I mean, especially if it was a stone as giant as these stones from Stonehenge were, yeah. I don't think I'd be even thinking about localized pain. Right, yeah, Like, yeah, oh yeah. my God, you threw a huge stone at me. I mean, not to mention being like- I could like, have died. The, you're the devil? Yes. And so Oh I, my God? I guess the friar was like talking crap to the devil because- they're on opposing sides or yeah. something. It wasn't any more elaborate. It obviously didn't say talking smack, right. but it said like the friar gave the devil a hard time or gave him a, a talking to or whatever, I guess, because they're on opposite sides. But I would say if the devil has shown his ability to come to this area with giant rocks, right. he's showing that kind of show of power. Yeah. Even if I'm anti-devil, I might just kind of just mosey away. Oh, a thousand percent. One, you're looking at the devil. Right. I don't want to get in trouble. Don't talk smack to the devil. Two. Oh. 
The devil is capable of moving giant heavy stuff. Yeah, so what's he going to do to you? Why are you going to give him crap for that? Three. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, why does the devil have such like a uh, hair trigger and like, I guess I well, shouldn't be shocked that the devil has a bad temper. Of course he does, William. <laughs> yeah. He's, hey. He's putting people in hellfire all the time. Don't make fun of me. <laughs> he's not burning people for attorney because he's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> Throwing fireballs. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's kind of his gig. I guess. Um, so getting to that idea to get the stones there, devil or no. Yeah. Back in the day, people, or you know, at least some people, as we said, thought it'd be impossible to get those stones there in that arrangement just by like normal human means, um, and thought there was some sort of supernatural thing at play. But we have since kind of learned that that is not true by experimenting. So we don't have any proof of how they actually did it, but there are many people who used technology or techniques that would have been available to the people in that Bronze Age time to try to make a similar thing happen, and they've been able to make it happen. So cool. they kind of deduce that it's that way. So one of them is that they use, I love the ideas because it would have to be so humongous, and also so many people would kind of have to work in tandem to get this to happen. It's crazy to think about. A system of logs yeah, all stacked up where you could roll the stones on them to yeah. transport them because those stones were found like 200 miles away or something like that. They weren't native to that area at all, so you have to transport them that way. So like a 7-Eleven thing of hot dogs, yeah. rolling, 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 right into Chrissy's mouth. Good example. Yeah, I always set up a long mm-hmm. <laughs> row of those rollers to just, move a hot dog to my face. I just hang on the end. I sit patiently at the end with my mouth yeah, open. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. For a ah. hot dog to enter. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Hot. Those rollers are hot. Ah, 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 ah. Yum. That, that's Yum. what keeps them hot. Ooh, it's, it's good though. Ooh, ah. <laughs> um, the the uh, another theory is that they used a long trek, kind of like a like a ski slope thing that they greased with animal fat and like shot some of them down that way. Oh my! I know, which seems risky. That does Think seem about risky. the momentum. I know these things weigh over a ton each. Yes. Do you really want to slip and slide that thing <laughs> recklessly? I think I'll go with the Seven Eleven hot dog. Oh. Oh my god. A little bit more control. Maybe every it won't day. be as fast. Hot dogs all day, every day. All day, yeah. every day, baby. Um, <laughs> so um here is a really cool idea about what the deal is with Stonehenge and why it's even there. A theory is that there's a place called, well, this isn't theoretical, this is true. There's a place called Durrington Walls that you can get to from Stonehenge. You can either go there by river or you can go by there by land. Um, and there is also a henge there, not a stone henge, but just a normal henge, which I didn't know was a thing at all. The hell's a henge? A henge basically looks like a crop circle, actually. Oh. So I don't remember <laughs> why Stonehenge came up last time, but it fit kind of perfectly. So it's a circular thing that's made by creating like ditches in dirt and basically for like forming the earth into the shape of a circle. And that's known as a henge. Dirt henge. Yeah. (laughs) Doesn't have quite the same ring, maybe. Um, So there are those henges over there. I said maybe. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I wasn't calling you baby before. It was like a collective baby. I don't know. This is weird. Get out of here. Um, So it was a different kind of henge than Stonehenge. It's like kind of connected to it. And so there's an idea that I think is so awesome that Durrington Walls maybe was symbolic of life in some way. And Stonehenge was symbolic of death in some way. So going on maybe a ritualistic journey from Durrington Walls and making your way over to Stonehenge could have been some sort of ritual honoring the passage of life into death. Interesting. That might be honoring like loved ones who have passed on or just the dead in general, hmm. which I think is very, very cool. 
Um, there's also the idea that it's a magical healing place. So it may be multifunctional. Like the idea of it being a uh, magical healing place doesn't preclude it from also being a burial ground or anything like that. They could be things that are all kind of woven together. It could have been maybe even, I think this is just me making it, but I don't think I saw it, saw it anywhere. It could be that it was like a healing place for the living, but maybe it was also somewhat cleansing to those who died so that they could kind of like pass over into heaven or something. I have no idea that I'm just making up. Um, But during the 1800s, when there was like a boom in spiritual beliefs, I think it was before spiritualism itself took major hold. But during the the 1800s, there was like a building interest in spiritual activities and stuff. Neo-pagans they're called when they're not just the original people who created paganism yeah. and neo druids same deal were all about the henge oh. they were all about stonehenge they definitely thought that there was something spiritual and important going on in that area um either from literally the rock which i'll get into in a minute or the intention of the building and what it had been used for previously they felt like this was like a spiritual mecca stonehenge you know what this is making me think of um in Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, mm-hmm. they go into the Ministry of Magic and they walk through like where all the dangerous magical artifacts are kept. Yeah. And up on a stone dais is a gateway mm-hmm. with a curtain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is the membrane between the world of the living and the dead. Yes. This is where, spoiler alert, Sirius Black falls through the curtain mm-hmm. and is gone. Where Kristen cries and cries. Mm. That always, I think, had some sort of Stonehenge-type vibe to it the idea that it was yeah, some ancient so. unknowable thing mm-hmm. and even what you're describing to me here about like how stonehenge might have been a place that was about death right and maybe it was a, a gateway of of sorts mm-hmm. you know uh symbolically at right. least uh uh maybe you know the the ring of stonehenge is not complete yeah stones look like they've crumbled and fallen apart right mm-hmm. Maybe the stone dais thing from Harry Potter used to be there. Maybe. The wizards took it away and locked it in the Ministry of Magic. Right, because the thing is, we don't 100% know that what we see as Stonehenge is for sure the original design plan. Right. Like, it it got renovated over time, or excuse me, it got built on over time, and then it got renovated, but who's to say that when they were building on it over time, they didn't change something about the original sure. structure or something yeah. like wizards that. Yeah, wizards took the the, mm-hmm. the gateway between the living and the dead. Yeah, they Why doesn't very J.K. Well Rowling expand on that thing there's so, i mean there's so much why is she, she talking about when hogwarts got toilets i don't know maybe she did expand on that thing talk about the thing maybe we just didn't pay attention to it or maybe she's she, she's saving that as kind of like meat and taters maybe for a future project or something yeah, well, like that because he is, wants his meat and taters yeah me too wah, wah. so maybe there'll be something to come eventually <laughs> i would love that i find that thing to be one of the most like, yes compelling like what is that yeah. exactly and the mirror the mirror I'd of like Erezed? No, the mirror that he can look into um, if he wants to see Sirius oh, yeah. or Dumbledore every once in a while. Do we not know what that was? I don't think we know exactly. I could just not be remembering, but it's not like a guarantee that you'll look into the mirror and see them. It's like he feels like he saw D- Dumbledore wink at him or something uh, once. In the movie, that's what he thinks. In the book, Sirius gave it to him so that he can communicate with him. Right, but in living, yet in death, wasn't there something where the mirror did come in? It did do something, I think. I don't know. Because I just don't know why we even mention it except for like a meditation on grief, which is sweet. But Well, when um, he thought he saw Dumbledore, it was really Aberforth. 
Oh, that's true. Maybe that. Okay, that's yeah. right. So maybe it isn't anything. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Huh. 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 We may never know. Okay. There's no way of knowing whether I'm right or wrong. Anyway, <laughs> um, so neo druids and neo pagans are all about it, and they got made fun of big time in 1905 because they held a ceremony there at like an order of initiation. Um, the ancient order of druids was the name of this particular group that did this, where they were mocked mercilessly because they were dressed in white robes and fake beards. So it just looked like costumey and cosplay, and people like didn't take them seriously. Cause you're like, you dorks. Yeah, you know what's what with I mean? the fake beards? I know. I the robes know. are pushing they it. They must have. But I could get over it. Yes, absolutely. Like the fake beards. I couldn't agree with you more. I hope I, I'm, you finish your filet o fish sandwich. <laughs> I'm not sure who they were honoring with those, but yeah. it, was, it wasn't great. Maybe they had a great time and they were like, you guys just don't get it. And it brought them closer, but you don't understand us. You'll never understand us. Um, so, yeah, so I mentioned it, but there are aspects of the stones placement that had to do with astronomy. So the main horseshoe arrangement of stones are aligned for the sunset during winter solstice mm. and the sunrise during summer solstice as well as allowing you to predict events like equip, uh, eclipses and equinoxes. Huh. And so that kind of added to the like occult or spiritual allure because obviously there's a lot of talk of like sun or moon worship having to do with practices like that and astronomy kind of being used as astrology. Right. So I want to leave with this because I think this is very, very cool. Um, the stones themselves are said to have mystical or like healing properties to them because they're made of blue stone. And it seems like it was significant to the people who made Stonehenge because as I said, they hauled those stones from 200 miles away and all of the stones are made of the same thing. So there must've been a deliberate reason they wanted to take something from so far away and put it there. Right. And it doesn't seem coincidental that blue stone is known as a ringing rock, meaning when you strike it, um, a loud clanging sound comes back rather than, you know, you would hit a stone wall and it just like makes no noise or like thunk. Right. There's like a, a melodic, I don't know if it's pretty melodic, but there's like a noise that comes back that's unexpected. Um, and so some people believe that that sound is significant and healing. Huh. Um, and so that supports the idea that it's a place for healing. And blue stone, they found out, was used as the material as, uh, for church bells from that area at that time. Oh, um, that's interesting. In the area that the stones seem to be quarried from. So it shows like extra significance. There's something to do with blue stone and spirituality in some way, maybe. Huh. However, you could also argue maybe blue stone was used for church bells because it has that weird clanging quality. Maybe. Maybe it was a matter of convenience. But it seems significant. Maybe. Mm -hmm. That's that's weird. Yeah. So I looked up a bunch of stuff about Stonehenge that's maybe um, like more modern interpretation yeah. of it kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I read is that Stonehenge was built before the wheel was invented. Uh-huh. Now, are you inventing church bells before you that's have the weird. wheel? You see what I'm saying? Yes. Maybe. I don't know. I am too I stupid I have no to idea. Know. I don't know. Quite frankly, I'm too dumb to know. Same. So- I looked up a few um, theories of where Stonehenge came from that are yeah. not based in fact at all. Right. Uh, but I did get this from The Independent. I'm going to have a link in the notes. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just sort of like a listicle mm -hmm. of things that people say about aliens. Cool. Well, I just gave away the first right. one. Aliens did it because the wheel had not been invented yet. When Stonehenge was built, how the hell did they move the stones? Human could not have done this. Of course. Man from outer space had to have done this. Yes. Aliens. Like many ancient 
architectural things, aliens. Yes. Yeah. And this this all I think sort of um, accentuates the hubris mm-hmm. of modern humanity mm-hmm. uh, at whatever era you consider to be the modern era. Yeah. Like for us, obviously, it's 2019 right, right. now. This is the modern era. Ten years ago, the modern era was 2009. Right. Hundreds of years ago, yeah. the modern era was, was then. And I think that every generation, modern people say, we are smart. Yeah. People in the past were dumb. Yes. They didn't have wheels yet, those fools. Yeah, but they did have hot dog rollers. Yeah, they had hot dog rollers. Now, they couldn't have figured out a way to move stuff around. Yeah. Therefore, humans couldn't have done it. Therefore, aliens. aliens right. right. We are so smart now. Yeah. We're smarter than they ever were. They could never figure something out. Right. Uh, you already pointed out the idea of a giant helping Merlin build oh. it. I just want to <laughs> reiterate restate that. Yep. that it used to be believed that a giant helped Merlin, who's not real. Well, I don't think it was like explicitly believed. I feel like that was like a fun story that was passed around. I guess. Because Merlin's fictional. Didn't they know Merlin was fictional? I I don't know. People in the past were stupid. Yeah, it's true. Um, You have to remember. It said that it might have been a concert hall because the stones have wonderful acoustic properties. That's cool. And now knowing the church bell thing is interesting. Don't they? I mean, I think there are musical events that take place today there. I think they do like music festivals and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, It was built to display and create unity by neighboring groups. Everybody, come yonder. We're going to build a thing that's going to uh, stand as a monument to our togetherness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And this maybe would help prevent war or Mm -hmm. something like that. I don't know. That's cool. It was built to help chart the seasons. You already pointed out that the way the stones are built, you can watch the sunrise, mm-hmm. stuff like that. They found the remains of piggies there, which might show that there might have been ritual sacrifices that took place around the equinox. Interesting. Right? Uh, there is a book called Chariot of the Gods, which uh, sort of expands on that alien theory. Mm-hmm. They say that this happened not only for Stonehenge, but for tons of stuff, the pyramids. Uh, Easter Island, anything where something uh, remarkable yeah. and like a, an incredible monument to the to the creative powers of of mankind happened. They say no people in the past couldn't possibly figure out right some clever way to do this. Aliens, yes. Um, so the entire book Chariot of the Gods is about how there are ain- or like alien astronauts, yeah, that travel from place to place and eventually Just- helped humans do awesome stuff, yeah. And someday, possibly by the year 2100, humans could probably travel through outer space and oh. help distant aliens do awesome stuff there, Wild. sort of continuing the cycle. Now we would be the alien astronauts helping build something wacky for them. Right. What would you build for an alien civilization? That's house. cool. Uh, just a house? We figured this Dog out house. years ago. I don't know, mall? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a if, mall. They, if they have the technology to come here and everything, I feel like they've probably got a lot of stuff on lock, but maybe uh-huh. they haven't seen the you know, like utilitarian need for a mall. Let me tell you something, aliens. You haven't yeah. lived until you've seen a Spencer Gifts. Oh, absolutely. Ryan and I went to a Spencer Gifts like last month. It's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. That's crazy in yeah. there. I remember being a kid. We're on the hunt for more blacklight posters. <laughs> they, they had some, but we opted out. Yikes. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Listening to Stevie Dan in there? Stevie Dan? Steely Dan? <laughs> Real quick. Stevie Dan is its own problem. But why are you equating Steely Dan with Spencer's? I know, because of Blacklight posters and, and grooving out, man. Yeah. 
But what does that have to do with us going to Spencer's in particular? You're getting blacklight posters. <laughs> to people who listen to Steely Den, are they potheads? I don't think so. I don't I don't know. I'm yeah, not right. sure. They probably are. <laughs> anyway. Still now, young kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Steely Dan. Steely Dan had like a resurgence a few years ago. Remember they won a, a Grammy? It was like kind of an upset. They no. won like best album. <laughs> Can you believe I don't remember that? And there were a bunch of people who were like, Steely Dan's actually very good. And you're like, okay. All right. I know mom likes Steely Dan. I know she does. Yeah, yeah that's partly why I know who they are. Yeah. Um, all right. Have you heard of Wally Wallington? No. Oh boy. All right, video is going to be in the show notes. Everybody watch this video. Is it the guy with the big hair? Is Bozo? it like an ancient? <laughs> There's like a guy who's famous for being on Ancient Aliens a lot. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay. No. Yeah, the guy who goes like, I'm not saying it was aliens, but yeah. it was aliens. Yes. No, not that guy. Okay. Wally Wallington is just a very nice retired man mm-hmm. who decided to give himself a challenge. I'm going to build Stonehenge in my backyard. That's cool. Alone. Good for Wally and Wallington. He did it. So for all the modern humans going, the past people were so stupid. Yeah. There's no way they could have figured this out. Wally Wallington is the proof that it can be done. He did this using only tools that would have existed at the time. That's awesome. So one of the ways in which he used logs, it was not quite the hot dog roller from 7-Eleven. Imagine taking a log, which uh-huh. is already circular, cutting it in half. Okay. Laying those two halves flat side down on the ground Mm -hmm. now you've got basically like a couple of almost speed bump type round mounds yeah do that with tons of logs Mm -hmm. so now you've got rounded top goes to a point in the ground rounded top goes to a point in the ground those points in the ground between the logs would cleanly fit the pointed sides of a rectangle okay and so you can put pointed side down in between the logs and essentially roll like a 1,600-pound rectangle of stone yeah. across these logs. Cool. I don't even know if I'm painting a, a decent enough mental picture. I can't tell if you're not or if I just don't understand, but we can breeze by it. I know. It really it's, it's, it's tricky to explain because <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're, like, they're like half circles on the ground. I can picture that. And so if you, then... were to roll a, uh, if you were to roll a square, yeah. the way that like the point hits the oh, ground, I gotcha. okay. it would like cleanly, smoothly... Um, I do understand. Navigate now. around the semicircle of the log. And go in between. Yeah, and so he can just, on his own strength alone, move something that weighs thousands of pounds. Yeah. Um, he There are videos of him online where, like, he's like, yeah, how I figured, like, how am I supposed to move this one-ton block? He goes, and I figured out, if you just take one stone, one regular stone, mm-hmm. and if you can get that that heavy, giant block on top of that stone, it'll give you enough leverage yeah. to, to turn it around to seesaw it back and forth. He started doing things with um, these like giant, I mean, he's doing this with like 11 foot tall. They look like they're pieces of stone. Does he have like a massive backyard, this guy? Is he like When they say backyard. Yeah, right. It's like, I think he's in like the Midwest or something. So his backyard is just like. Space. A field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So saying it, calling it a backyard is Mm -hmm. like, maybe it's true because it's his land, but. Right. Um, But so he's got these like 11 foot tall, over a ton uh, uh, heavy uh, slabs of concrete or rock or whatever. Yeah. And all they show him doing is like he's teeter tottering it. 
So he's standing on one side of it so that the other end will be up in the air. Uh-huh. And then he shoves like a two by four yeah. under a little bit. Then he makes it wobble back the other way and he puts another two by four on that side. And by doing that enough times, you're essentially like a, yeah. like a car jack right, lifting right, a car. Right. He's lifting this huge heavy piece of concrete. Then he digs a hole by one end, puts a bunch of sandbags on one end of the teeter-totter so that, that will pull it down, pull it into the hole, and he yeah. lets gravity do the work. And so he was able to stand one of these gigantic uh, slabs yeah. vertically straight up, just like Stonehenge, awesome. buried a bit into the earth, just himself. Yeah, uh, that's so amazing. He says, like, you might be surprised. I'm thinking probably people back then used similar methods to what I am doing now. Mm -hmm. So Stonehenge could have been built by humans right. using a crew far smaller than yeah. what anybody yeah. is thinking of. That's amazing. I wonder what reason, if they have any, that people who believe that aliens had to build these things because we couldn't, give for the aliens not coming and doing something like that today. I know. Or like, you know, in modern times that sure. they, they're around for. Like, yeah, exactly. What's to stop them? Yes. I mean, I mean, truly, like yeah. thousands of years from now, if we did not have recorded history right now, right. like we don't really have recorded history from back then. Right. If we didn't have the internet, if we didn't have newspapers, books, whatever now, mm -hmm. people thousands of years from now would look at Mount Rushmore and go, well, they couldn't even figure out how to make a newspaper. So aliens must have made Mount Rushmore. That's a good point. What, just because it's big and fascinating? Yes. You know? Yes. It's weird. It's very weird. Would they look at the 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 Lincoln Monument and think that Abe Lincoln was actually fifty feet tall? I guess. and like we were worshiping a giant. Maybe. I know <laughs> it's crazy like, to think about. But seriously, it's just like, why did they stop? The if they hubris, come and helped us yes. multiple times, why haven't they done that in a while? True. I guess there's probably some argument like, well, we've advanced far enough now. We could do those kinds of things ourselves. Right. So there's no need for them to help us. But, you know. And even according to the Independence Day movies. Oh, of course. You know, interstellar travel takes quite a while. Mm -hmm. So they had come. A fair point. They had come in the 90s. That's right. And they were driven back. It hasn't back, been long enough. And it's only been 20 years. For all we know, they're en route. Exactly. Maybe mm -hmm. they're en route. And yeah. It's just taken a while. True. All right. I'm defeated. I know. Would you Once please? again, I'm defeated. Would you please? Um, and I think the other thing that I'm going to tell you about that's sort of like a modern interpretation, um, I found out about a science writer mm -hmm. who uh, maybe, maybe, maybe figured out what Stonehenge is for. Oh, cool. Um, and I don't know her name. Lynn Kelly. Great. Uh, she may have discovered the purpose and origin of Stonehenge in her book, The Memory Code. She suggests that Stonehenge might really just sort of be a, a, a good um, physical example of the method of loci. Oh, of, co of course. I know all about the method of loci. Oh, should I explain? I know about the me methods of Loki. They're mm, tricky. As do I. All right, what is that? I've seen The Mask. Yeah, me too. And Son of the Mask. Mm-hmm. And nothing else. <laughs> Um, it's, uh, essentially the method of loci is, is kind of like a memory palace, a mind palace okay. kind of thing, you know, like what Sherlock Holmes does where he's like, mm. I have an attic in my head with all my stuff and yeah, he can or, navigate a physical space in his head. Yeah. Hannibal. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, so that, um, uh, Stonehenge might have around that time. Uh, it seems like it was probably built as society was moving away from being a hunter gatherer. Okay. And was starting to get into agriculture. So we stopped moving all over the place and we started just picking a spot and staying there. Mm -hmm. And we were trying to record our knowledge somehow. So Stonehenge 
might be a sort of statue that represents the landscape around that area. Uh-huh. To some extent, it might be a map. Interesting. To some extent, the stones, the individual stones might mean different things right. to people back then. They might represent different kinds of knowledge. That's really and cool. so in a certain way, it is kind of like the Georgia Guidestone that you yeah. talked about, which, you know, explains, I don't know, whatever it had, math. Yeah, I don't even remember. Yeah. How much things weigh, measurements, whatever. I think it had a bunch of stuff. Had a bunch of stuff. It was like that, like a... Uh, Magnet you put on your fridge that shows the conversion of like cups to ounces and stuff exactly. like that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, like, maybe that's what Stonehenge was. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is a pretty recent theory that nobody has had uh, uh, before yeah. Lynn Kelly, which is, I just find very interesting. That is really interesting. Um, okay. Enough of the brainy stuff. Let's yes. get to pop culture. So, I recited it at the top of the show <laughs> Stonehenge. Where the demons dwell, where the banshees live, and they do live well. Which is a great lyric. Yes, definitely. Is from This Is Spinal Tap. Oh, you, you pulled a little Chrissy earlier. You sang just where the Banshees live and they do live well when we were off mic. And oh. I was like, what's that from? Yeah. Is that Jack Black? And you're like, no. I dodged we, it. But we got off the topic of what it was. Oh, we didn't get off nice. the topic. I changed the topic because okay. I realized that I was, I was, I was accidentally <laughs> muttering some of the stuff I was going to talk about later. Yeah. So in the movie This Is Spinal Tap, uh, it's about this fictional band with Harry Shearer, uh, Michael McKeon, and... Bunch of freaking all-stars. I know. What's uh, his name? Christopher Guest. Christopher Guest. Um, and so they're a metal band. It's a parody of metal bands and and band documentaries and stuff. Yeah. It's great. It kicks off sort of the mockumentary subgenre yeah. of comedy. Um, and they have this bit in the movie where, because they have a song that is about Stonehenge, they want to have Stonehenge on stage with them. And so they draw on a napkin what they want. They draw some of the stone structures of Stonehenge and pass mm-hmm. it off to a designer who then brings them a teeny tiny, it's like a one foot tall Stonehenge arc. And yeah. they're like, now this is great. See, this is very detailed. It's very accurate. And when we have the real things on stage, the real towering monoliths, it's really going to captivate everyone. They're like, the real ones? What do you What do you mean? They're like, well, this is a model to show me what the big one will look like. And he's like, no, this, yeah. is, this is it. This is what you drew on the napkin. And it turns out that they wrote the measurements in inches and not feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're teeny tiny. Uh, and so they end up having to do the show with these teeny tiny stone hinges. Legendary. Them. Even worse, they've hired um, little people to dress like leprechauns. Oh. And they make Stonehenge look even smaller because now it looks like these leprechauns might potentially step on Stonehenge. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen that part of it. That's funny. Now, the thing that I did not know, this is based on a real event. Oh, really? Yes. Amazing. In the 1980s, the band Black Sabbath had an instrumental song called Stonehenge, and they wanted to erect the rocks on stage. That's amazing. They labeled their plans with meters instead of feet, and they ended up with huge stones that made them look too tiny. (laughs) They used it once and discarded it forever. That's awesome. How crazy is that? I wonder why they were playing that you, could, that you could even have something so massive. I you don't know. know. I mean? Maybe they couldn't use them all. Yeah. I, did, I didn't have enough time to like look it That's up and see it, but funny. I would like I would like to. Yeah. If there's any footage of that, it yes. sounds hilarious. And I love the idea that Black Sabbath thought it would be awesome and then they were embarrassed. Right, right, <laughs> right. Wonderful. That must have been a weird show. Yeah. That's really great. Speaking of weird shows, Doctor Who. 
Okay. Now, we've never really discussed Doctor Who on the show. No. I was kind of excited to see what a, a typical Doctor Who plot is and how Stonehenge factored in, because mm-hmm. evidently it was sort of um, uh, what the events of the end of season five, it's like a rebooted oh, okay. version of the Doctor Who series, but yeah. season five ends with a Stonehenge-based story. Now, I read the plot, mm-hmm. my mind fried. Gotcha. I'm only going to tell you the, the few the things that part. I could hold on to. Perfect. Yes. Um, beneath Stonehenge, there is a prison... Okay. Um, what? Who is it that um, you opened Pandora's box? Is that right? Uh-huh. It was called like Pandorica or something okay. like that. <laughs> Whatever. Anyways, Doctor Who's enemies wanted to trap him there. And oh. They all have names. I bet they didn't. They all have names and like all the... Are they like kinky pinky kind of yeah, names? Yeah, and like they, all yeah. the characters have names and I read them. I read I, them. I read them. I read them. Moving on, Troll 2. Yeah. Troll 2. Okay. Now, Troll 2 is a very infamous yes. horror film. Is Legend- the sequel. Legendary. Sequel to a movie called Troll. Yeah. Which is about trolls. Mm-hmm. Troll 2 is about a family who goes to a town called Nilbog. Yeah. Which is the word goblin backwards. Because Troll 2 is about goblins. Yes. Not, not trolls. trolls. There's a documentary I know. It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. There's a documentary about how bad this movie is. Yes. Uh, anyway, the, the basic plot is in Nilbog. Mm-hmm. I love the idea that they thought that would play like a regular town name. I know. Yeah. What town is it called? Nilbog. I know. Everybody sees Nilbog Although, and they go, I should read that backwards. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, of course. I like, should jumble the letters or read it backwards. That's not, not a real, real word or name. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in Nilbog, the goblins are vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And they want to turn people into plants so that they can eat them. Um, uh, phew, good God. <laughs> At one point, um, the it's explained that the druid witch, Credence Leonor Gilgood. It's a mouthful. Gave the goblins their power via a Stonehenge magic stone. Oh, okay. Okay. At the end of the movie, spoiler alert for Troll 2, which is about goblins. Mm-hmm. The end of the movie, the kid gets a super secret weapon from the ghost of his dead grandfather. Okay. It's in a bag. Now, I saw this movie. I saw the documentary. Yeah. I remember neither. No, I don't either. The documentary is called Best Worst Movie, by the way, if anybody wants to watch it. I don't really That's remember right. it well, but it's. I remember thinking it was sweet. I'm, yeah, I remember loving it. Uh, so his the ghost of his dead grandfather gives him a weapon in a bag. All you know is that it's a bag. He's got mm-hmm. to open the bag. When he goes to confront the goblins, he reaches into the bag and pulls out the weapon. A double-decker bologna sandwich. <laughs> he eats it, thereby meaning they can't eat him because they're vegetarian. Oh, my God. Then he touches the Stonehenge stone, which defeats everyone. Why? Do you know? What was the deal with Stonehenge? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Magic. Yeah. The answer? Magic, magic. of course. All right. In National Lampoon's European Vacation, Clark... Griswold backs the car into Stonehenge and knocks it all down like dominoes. They then drive away without even noticing that they did that at all. That's good. In the movie Ice Age, Manny the Mammoth, played by Ray Romano, mocks Stonehenge. He goes, ah, more boring modern architecture, Robert. (laughs) And then he goes, ah, that won't last long. (laughs) Wink, wink. And all the kids look at each other. Yeah. We get that Stonehenge joke. We love Stonehenge humor. We love that. Ray Romano's a treasure. Yeah. All right, here's a big crazy one. Cool. Transformers The Last Night. This is the fifth 
Transformers movie. There are that many Transformers movies? Apparently. Wow, at okay. At least. <laughs> huh. Okay. I, I can't really even explain That's this fine. adequately. That's fine. A big deal in the movie is about something called Unicron. Okay. Now, I look at the word Unicron, and I can't stop thinking Unicorn. Unicorn. Mm-hmm. Has nothing to do with it. As far as I know, they're not even playing off of that. Or okay. It's strange. Anyway, Wikipedia said that Unicron is the Earth. Okay. But it's also a robot. <laughs> There's a lot of waffling about Unicron. <laughs> <laughs> not really getting a straight line on Unicron. Absolutely not. From what I can gather, people are trying to drain Unicron's energy. Okay. Possibly draining the Earth's energy? Okay. Anyway, it might kill millions. Mm. Um, point is, Stonehenge is his cr- crown. Okay. Or? Or not because it's not the Earth. Or maybe Unicron's horns poke out of the ground there. Okay. Also, Unicron is the enemy of Cybertron. This is all in the in a Transformers movie? Yeah. They also I'm keep, shocked to hear this. They also talk about forming Excalibur. That's supposed to be like deep mythology in Transformers. There is. Weird. Um, Optimus Prime says that Unicron is the enemy of Cybertron, but I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> yeah, Cybertron I thought, good or bad? I thought Cybertron was like a planet. They said that like Cybertron crashed into Unicron, which I'm like, does that mean a planet crashed into a planet? Right. Or like a robot crashed into a, to a planet maybe or a robot like, crashed into a robot? Maybe it took place. Maybe it's like the uh, ritual of Chewed. Maybe it took place maybe. in the, uh, what do they call that? The macroverse. Yes. Or something. Yes, possibly. I have no idea, you know? but I, I can't tell what's happening. That's fine. Optimus Prime. But isn't he from Cybertron? I have literally no idea. I have like no interaction with Transformers. I didn't watch it as a kid or anything. And if he's from Cybertron and Unicron is the enemy of Cybertron mm. and he's trying to protect Unicron. Uh-huh. Is he I'm like, already lost. These things all rhyme. I'm losing the thread. Right. I don't know. What does it have to do with Stonehenge beyond it being Unicron's crown? Nothing. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I think we got it. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> Moving on to something I can't explain. Yeah. It's the final thing I've got for you, and I love to explain it. Great. And I love to explain it. I love to explain it. Stonehenge plays a a notable role in the movie Halloween 3 season of The Witch. Okay. I've still never seen this movie. Oh, Kristen. Actually, you know what? I'm not totally sure that's true. Well, I'm about to spoil it. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. I'm about to spoil. I know about it because I've listened to podcast episodes about it. I think that in my Halloween lineage, I think... I think I maybe have not seen this. I know I haven't seen the one with Paul Rudd, but it doesn't oh, matter that anyway. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the first and only entry in the Halloween series that plays on the idea of Halloween being an anthology. Yes. That each different movie can have a different story. Mm-hmm. Um, the story is kind of a conspiracy centered around a company called Silver Shamrock. Yes. Which is a company that makes Halloween masks. Their most popular products are a witch mask, a skeleton, and a jack-o'-lantern. They have a ton of commercials that are being played on television Mm -hmm. that are teasing uh, how in a couple of nights from now at 9 p.m., probably Halloween night, they're going to be doing a big giveaway. So wear your mask and be sitting in front of the TV. Uh Uh-huh. Also, people are dying. Sure. Someone died. Yeah. Uh, So our heroes have to get involved. So uh, our heroes... Dr. Dan Chalice. Okay. And Ellie Grimbridge. That's a great last name. I wish that was my last name. 
start to investigate. Over the course of their investigation, they meet the head of Silver Shamrock, the company, a kindly old man named Connell Cochran. Wow. The names are... <laughs> the names are incredible. Yes. Dan Chalice. Yeah. Ellie Grimbridge. Connell Cochran? Connell Cochran. <laughs> uh, there's also Buddy Kupfer. Oh, my God. So what's up with cups? What's going on? Chalice? Yeah. Kupfer? Seriously. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's something there. Huh. Um, so it's shown at some point that if you wear a mask in front of the TV while that commercial plays, you will die. Okay. Not only will you die, you will turn into bugs yeah, yeah, yeah. and snakes and spiders <laughs> that will pour out of your face right. and kill other people. It's gross looking, yeah. but it's insane. Yeah. Um, so Dr. Chalice and Ellie Grimbridge infiltrate Silver Shamrock and discover the following. Connell Cochran. The kindly head of Silver Shamrock? Is Stonehenge. He's a witch. <laughs> he's a witch. A witch. And he says it's time for a new season of evil. Uh-huh. Each mask that they make contains a fragment of Stonehenge combined with a microchip. Oh my god, I don't remember that. And it will smush everyone's head into bugs <laughs> <laughs> when they watch TV with their masks on. So Dr. Chalice dumps all the microchips from the rafters, activating oh the Stonehenge God. shards, and kills everyone. <laughs> Excellent. Connell Cochran just kind of disappears. Yeah. I'm not Gets sure. Away if, with it. I don't even think so. I think he no, I think he like blinks out of existence oh, on oh, film. Like, oh, okay. And I'm not sure if he apparated away because he's a witch. Yeah, yeah. Or if he died. <laughs> I don't Weird. know. I don't know. Uh, either way, Ellie Grimbridge gets replaced by a robot version of her. This movie's wild. And then Dr. Chalice screams through a phone at TV stations to try to get them to pull the commercial. <laughs> and it ends. Stonehenge. Man. You gotta be careful. Stonehenge had a hand in it. You gotta be careful. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people, do. why are we still trying to figure out what Stonehenge is for when we clearly know that if you combine it with microchips, yes. it'll turn you into bugs? I think we got our answer and we should probably back away now. Yeah. It's risky to get too involved. Yeah, we've known this since the 80s yeah. when Season of the Witch came out. Well, guys, let's back away slowly now together as we end our episode. My God. My God. Stonehenge. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. Be wary of stones and hinges. And until next week's episode, you can find us everywhere online at GTTU pod, including patreon.com slash GTTU pod, where you can set up a monthly donation to the show, either just because you want to, if you want to do that at the $1 level or at $4 or more, you can donate monthly and get access to monthly bonus episodes and also just little fun things we'll do here and there, even outside of that bonus episode. Absolutely. We've been talking about a lot of cool stuff to put there, so I really hope that yeah. you'll all check it out. Yeah, we've got some cool things brewing. Yeah. Uh, go check out Velvet Hand Designs yes. on Etsy. Again, we're going to have a link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. uh, incredible work. Thank you again, Carolyn. Yeah, amazing. It's so, so cool. I'm so excited to have stuff finally and not just be window shopping fruitlessly. Exactly. Yeah, we got to get these uh, framed and hung up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and as always, uh, uh, Ghost is for Just Face. Yes, Ghost is for Just Face, people. Let's get them out there. Come on. Come on. Um, also in the show notes, you can find a link to get tickets to our live show mm -hmm. on October 27th at Pino's. That's right. In Highland Park, New Jersey. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, so go to that link. 
yeah. and come hang out with us. We would love it if you do that. Yes, yes, You can yes, also yes. hang out with us in the Facebook group, The Guides of the Unknown Secret Society, which you can find either by searching for that in Facebook or you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash pod. And I also want to mention thank you guys so much. We've gotten a few more reviews from talking about, you know, you guys leaving us reviews last week and we would love it if you kept them coming. So if you use iTunes or Apple podcasts, please leave us a review there and leave it on any, you know, podcast player that you use. It's they let you really, leave a really review. Helpful. We love to see it. Yeah. That's super duper helpful. Yeah. And if you want to talk to Kristen or myself, we're online uh, as our own individual people. That's right. I am at chillin Kristen on Instagram and Twitter. I am at the myth traveler. So thank you all so much for hanging out with us. We will see you again next week for more mythical ramblings. Yes. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. Go we.